Hey guys, welcome to the Never Broken Podcast, where we're going to be diving into the world of mental health, asking the hardest hitting questions like, what in the f*** are we doing here? And things like, I don't know, does my neighbor hate that I mow the lawn naked? Or, uh, you know, bigger questions like, where's the universe in? Uh, That being said, we want to make a change for the better. We're wanting to help vets, first responders, basically anyone with mental health issues. And how we're going to do that is going to be through a lot of laughs and just diving into the world at large. So... Having said that, I want to introduce myself. I am Derek Thompson. I come from a very diverse background, in my opinion. Uh, I have been into serving the community the best I can from as long back as I can remember uh, from going from a lifeguard. I then became a plumber where, you know, that was kind of a shitty job, pun intended. And then uh, I tried to give college a chance, and from there, I said, this isn't for me. I joined the Marine Corps, and that's where I met these two gentlemen alongside me. Um, It was a just wonderful time in my life. It was honestly probably the best time in my life. I got to do a lot of things. We deployed several times, went to Afghanistan. Uh, I was aviation ordnance. We built bombs, we made things go boom, and I got sent out to a lot of different jobs while I was there doing that, and then got home, didn't quite adjust right, Um, it was just kind of, you know, one of those things, you you get back, you're not used to how civilian life works, I got out of the Marine Corps shortly after uh, Gabe, who's one of the co-hosts here right now, and you'll get his backstory here in a second, but I got out after him and nothing felt right. And I think for a lot of us, we kind of went through that where it was like, I don't know, I just, it doesn't seem normal. Um, so I got out of that. I went to back to home to Nebraska. I became a firefighter uh, in EMT. I did that for the last, shit, 10 years. Uh, and you, I've seen a lot of things. And... It was a blessing in disguise. Uh, I've had a very blessed life in in all my experiences. I've gotten to do a lot of stuff that most people don't get to. And now I'm living in Arizona. Just moved to Phoenix area. And I'm making plastic. It's definitely a change up for me. And uh, I'm dealing with my own issues now. Trying to adjust to that. So that's kind of my backstory. It's all played a very key role in where we are now and why we care about what we care about. So that being said, I'm going to send it over to the brain behind this operation, and that is Gabriel Brew. He has been an absolute stud and a star in all of this. This was his idea to kind of get this company going, this business, or you know, whatever you want to call it, and make it a thing. So, Gabe, let's hear you, sir. So, hey, everybody. I'm Gabe. Um, Gabriel Brew. Uh, I grew up in Utah uh, to a large, in a large family, I should say. Um, Grew up in a normal, normal childhood. Um, Checked all the boxes. uh, Graduated high school. Uh, similar story. I thought 
college was the route for me and I just realized I didn't want to be there. Uh, so I dropped out of college and found myself working jobs that just didn't really plan out. And I found myself later on in the Marine Corps where I did a few tours of duty, um, many detachments. Uh, uh, after I got out, um, I got out with a plan to continue to serve in the reserves, and that didn't plan out as well as I thought it would. And uh, it wasn't the same. It didn't have the same brotherhood. It didn't have the same people that I wanted. And uh found myself rapidly going downhill. And while I was in the reserves, I also worked um, in the trucking industry, working in the oil field, always constantly traveling. So when I wasn't still doing reserve work, I was doing the trucking job in the oil field and I was never home. And my home life went downhill. Um, my family life went downhill and uh, spent a lot of time in a semi truck, in a sleeper, all alone with my thoughts. And it got bad. Um, later on, I was fortunate enough to get um, work with the federal government and um, kind of started to get everything back on track and still have ups and downs. But uh, in that time frame where, where this went from being something I just talked about to something I talked to these guys about doing with me. And uh, that's where we are right now. And uh, with that being said, I'd like to uh, kick it over to TJ, um, one of our good friends and somebody that you're going to see and hear a lot on this podcast. TJ? Hey, guys. I'm TJ. I uh, grew up in Oklahoma. Had a pretty large family. Everybody's pretty wild and uh, kind of molded me to what I am today. But uh, I graduated high school by the grace of God and uh, didn't even try to go to college because I don't math good. So I joined the Marines. Uh, I did five years active. And, uh, yeah, you guys laugh. It's true. We know you. We but, know uh, you. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, I'm laughing because I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did five years there and uh, got out. Did a whole bunch of other shit. Um, granite countertops for probably about a year or so. I did some geothermal, natural gas, tried to sell cars and Harleys, and that didn't pan out. So uh, joined the Army National Guard, so I get that good old TRICARE, then figured I'd still got to pay for it, and that fucking sucked. So uh, I got a federal government job as an explosive mechanic, and uh, it's kind of what I'm doing right now, and then trying to get this thing kicked off with these boys so that's about it on me i think my favorite part right now is that he used the words geothermal and explosive like expert and he's like the only one of us that said i'm a dumbass. so here's here's what i got yeah. here's what i got so. i don't math good but i can geothermal and blow shit yeah. up like a motherfucker <laughs> Look, hey. yeah, he sits there. He says, "Yeah, I don't math good." And then he says, "And then I got into geothermal fucking expertise, and then I blew shit up." And I'm just sitting here this whole time, sitting there thinking, 
I don't think any of that fucking ends up, to be honest. I don't think that makes you dumb sense <laughs> your, at all. Your story you doesn't know? check out, dude. <laughs> I've been trying to be I'm quiet. Good at, <laughs> I've been trying, trying to be I'm good at quiet. just fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's all of us. You know, Gabe sat there and said he was uh, lonely with uh, the trucking industry, and I'd like to think I at least somewhat helped with that when I came up and visited. Like, I had a blast going on fucking trucking trips with Gabe. I mean, if it meant fucking keeping him paid and whatnot, I'll go truck with you for the rest of your life. You make a hell of a lot, wizard. Shit. I mean, it, pay, yeah. it paid. It paid really I think well. I'd make a great lot. It wizard. paid really well, and yeah. we had a blast. We we had a blast going out and doing all that. Yeah, you don't even got to pay me for sex. <laughs> Just give me the ride and make sure I got Taco Bell, huh? Yeah, that's absolutely what I'm about. He gives handouts and hand ins. You give me Taco Bell, I'm in. Uh. That being said, I think we just go ahead and we dive into this. So, like uh, Gabe kind of said, we we all wanted to make a change. If we wanted to kind of... None of us got what we were expecting out of life after the military. So, we all wanted new things. Uh, I thought I was going to get, I don't know, some sort of family once I got into the fire and EMS field and I did to an extent you know it was a lot more segregated than I thought it would be where you know it was it was very clickish um but and the big picture when I look back on it now being where I'm at we did come together and we all kind of dealt with things a lot like we did in the military and that's kind of, for me, what brought us to where we're at. Gabe sat there and he, he came to me and he said, man, I want to start a company where we can help. He's like, I have this giant picture, this big dream. And I, I was like, fuck yeah, man, that sounds great. Like, I think this is exactly what we, what we need to do. I think you're absolutely right. And we had talked a lot about getting a ranch and doing this big picture dream and it's how do we get there and for me it's right here I think this is a great place we want to start building a community and a family that looks after each other that we actually sit there and care about one another and the way I care about you guys from what we have done together we start building a bigger picture as a family so we have our Facebook page. We started that here a few months ago. And I think we've had a great response just in that small picture where we've had people reach out and say, hey, man, I'm having a fucking tough night, dude. Uh, like, can we just talk? And I think we, between the three of us, we do a very decent job. We're not perfect, uh, but we do a very good job at getting back to these guys and females and we say, yeah, just blow my ear up, you know? So I think that's kind of where we're at. And what I want to portray to people is that mental health has grown exponentially over the last few years, um, especially for military, law enforcement, first responders, 
I don't know what you might call them, second responders, you know, the doctors and the nurses, everyone. The in, medical staff. Yeah, everyone involved. It's grown exponentially important. I think it used to be a thing of, you know, suck it up, quit being a pansy. And, and we want to change the stigma <clears throat> against that. We don't want mental health to be taboo. And in doing that, what we want to do is just share time together. We want to build a web. We want to make a family uh, with each other and with all of you listening where we can sit there and say, hey, man, it's all cool. Let's just bullshit, you know, because sometimes that's what it takes is just talking to each other. And well, I think a lot of it, too, Derek, is like um, kind of normalizing talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause a lot of, a lot of times when you get to the, when you get to the point where, where you become outside of that, like, oh, I'm just depressed or I have social anxieties and you, you step into the realm of suicidal ideation. Like there's, there's that, that gap or that window, uh, where you resonate for a while and you really contemplate on like, would the world be better without me? Would it, you know, but if, if before you got to that spot, if you knew that there was a group of people out there that went through the same shit, like like your neighbor, like I mean, even through the the Facebook page that we have, there's several people in the community that I live in that I would never have known suffer from some of these things that reach out to me on a on a pretty regular basis to to talk about some stuff that they got going on, and we've built that following and we've built that trust on that Facebook page where they reach out to us now you know what i mean yeah it's absolutely and now that they important. have now that they have access to my actual number and they just hit me up now because they know that i'm close yeah that I'm local that's the fun I mean? fucking part for me you know it's been like yeah i get like just normal fucking text where i just get like i have a friend and somebody i can just like bullshit with and, and we share like cooking recipes and what have you like that's fucking awesome <laughs> you know what i mean like i have so much right. fun with that it's just great and uh, we'll dive into it a lot more as we go uh, with like personal stories and shit. But I have really enjoyed this. It's it's been a great time. Um, you know, we just there's a lot that we can learn from each other, and that's where we're going to try to do our best to take a step in the right direction and do the right thing. So I think not to make this like an awkward transition, but like, let's just look at the numbers uh, with, I don't want to single out everyone in the, like, personal health, law enforcement, military, yada, 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 but just looking at bigger numbers, because that's where we come from, right? So when we look at, I'm going to start with law enforcement. They're kind of in the limelight right now, Right where yeah, they're absolutely. just getting a dick kicked out of them. Like, we all know that. It's like, Black Lives Matter, or White Lives Matter, or, uh, you know, Banana Lives Matter. That's where we're at right now. Where we're just sitting there, and we're trying to find a reason to beat them up. And I don't like it, they don't like it. I don't think anyone <coughs> outside the people blaming them like it. They are at a exponentially higher rate of suicidal ideals 
um, they are 30% more likely to have mental health issues. And I use that just broadly to kind of like, it's not always just suicidal ideals or, you know, uh, they kill themselves. Uh, you have 236 roughly uh, people in the law enforcement field committing suicide a year, which is a fucking terrible number. I mean, honestly, when you're sitting there looking at the percentage of law enforcement compared to the general public, right? And then from there, those guys are now being exposed to so much external hate towards them, and it just it's that's a fucking terrible thing. In well, my opinion, that's a tricky one. To, that's a tricky one to get into, dude. Because like the police force is is um, generated on a per capita. So for every fifteen residents, there has to be. A law enforcement officer, right? Yeah, and I would just, say that's even probably. It just depends on the particular area these days. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that these numbers are are the numbers to go by. I'm just saying, like in as an example, for every let's just say every 25 citizens, there is one person right, that right. is a law enforcement representative, and you run that across every community across the country. And what was your number? Two hundred and what? It's two hundred and thirty-six as of I think it was like two thousand nineteen. And you, okay. when you just sit there, and that's just a rough number. Um, but that's a rough no, that's a rough number. But like, how many in your community that you know of came from your community? From my very own community, we ended up seeing two or three, and that's just a very small community within a year. And what sucks and struck me. It was just, I was really good friends with all of the law enforcement. That doesn't just mean, like, city right. police, which was, you know, in the numbers of, like, 20, you know, per the city. That's the city police, state patrol, sheriffs. There's a lot more to it, and those guys see a lot more than what you would think. So right. it, it's just crazy. But that's what but that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like even in your small community you had two. Where I'm at right now there were zero. TJ, how many did you have in your community that you can think of? Uh the committed suicide. Yeah. I don't think any but I'm I'm from a really small But that's town. what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm I live in a small town yeah, right I'm now not, and there was I'm zero, not, I zero. I wasn't from a big town. If I'm looking at Phoenix yeah. right I'm not now, saying, I can't I'm even, not, you know, I can't even put a number on that because I'm yeah, but I that's what I'm, but that's what I'm getting at. But that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at though. Like we come from these small areas, these rural areas, and it doesn't happen here. And I I think that's part of the problem too. Is like it, we don't see it, so it doesn't affect us. So it's easy to be like, ah, oh, that sucks, yeah, and then move absolutely. on with your day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think like you're that's kind of right. Right. So like, kind of like what I what I think all of us want to do is like get this stuff out there and get these numbers so that people think about it. And then they're like, "Well, what areas are heavily affected?" Because some somebody might listen to this and be like, "Do my area? We lost sixty six of those two hundred. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a good percentage." And they can be like, "Maybe it's time for us to do an outreach. You know what I mean? Like, make sure that these guys are good." Yeah, I hope everyone that takes that from this, and that's where we're going to keep keep moving on into this. Uh, and 
I'm going to explain my reasoning for doing this the way I'm doing it here in a minute. Uh, so within we move into fire, EMS, and law enforcement, right? So when we're looking at this, there was 107 suicides in the firefighting community a year as of, what was that, TJ? I think you said 2018? 2019. 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think 2019. And again... I don't think people recognize that firefighting, EMS, law enforcement are such a small number of the general population. So that's 107 a year, and that's just what's reported. I don't think that was including volunteers and paid included both. Um, It's just a number. And then you sit there and also with fire, EMS, and pretty much everyone doctor and health in general they are also at 30% more likely of a rate to have mental health issues so that's just insane to me and then we dive further into it um, and I think I've, I've looked at a lot of statistics and stats uh, when you sit there and you look at the life expectancy and the general uh, health, uh, I don't know what you might call that, general health uh, stats, and you see that <laughs> we're all at a way higher, or higher, <clears throat> oh, I said higher, I can't speak English tonight, we're at a way higher rate for just general health issues, but when you sit there and you say 30%, it doesn't seem like much, but that's a third of the population of the medical community yeah, that are at a higher rate for mental health issues. occupation. So then we look at doctors, uh, and they are the highest rate of suicides in any profession, and that's crazy to think about. But it makes sense if you sit there and just genuinely look down at it. And this is going to make even more sense here once we get to military numbers, and you're going to sit there and go, "Holy shit." Um, my when I was in the EMS field, one of my well, it was my first suicide, was a doctor in the pediatrics field. Uh, he had he had gone through a lot of shit, and he sat there and ended up having a code up on the floor of an infant, and we showed up, and he had killed himself by hooking his exhaust up to his window and they duct taped it and they injected himself with a bunch of uh, fentanyl which as we all know now by street drugs very deadly Uh, a little jealous that he was able to get you know like 17 fucking vials of fentanyl I think that's pretty impressive Uh, and they inject himself so he probably died of the fentanyl but uh, he was black by the time we saw him. Like he, his skin color was completely changed. His motor had killed itself because it didn't have any oxygen. The whole thing was fucking insane to me. Just sitting there looking at it. Uh, but that's like that's the level of shit that we go through. Where we're just like, 
I don't know, is it worth it anymore? Like Gabe said. And we're fighting that and we want to fight that as best we can. So that's just the EMS and LEO community so far that we've delved into. Now let's look at the military community. The military community is, I don't know what, it's like 10% of the general population in the U.S. Something like that. Some shit. It's a it's a low number. I think it's it might be like seven to ten percent, depending on the uh, yeah, enlistment yes. rate for the year. Right, because the the Marine Corps, you know, less than one percent, and that's where we came from. So that's what we know. Um, military suicides uh, in two thousand nineteen, you had six thousand five hundred ninety one deaths by suicide. That you know they actually like looked at and knew they were military members. When you look at vets, they're at a 50% higher risk for suicide. And uh, as Gabe informed me of here earlier, we we did some research. By the year 2030, the total number of vets that have killed themselves will be 23. That is 23 times higher than the number of post 9-11 deaths. That's fucking insane to me. Like, I just... I, 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 I don't fucking know how to put that into, like, a... Okay, I haven't made sense of it yet. And then you're sitting there and you're looking at the total cost on the American people is going to be $221 billion dollars by 2030 as well and you know I think we all speak dollars which sucks but you know how do we change that how do we make it not so high how do we help each other out and that's what we want to help like the crazy thing to me too is dude like I didn't realize that like there was a financial burden on the American people over a suicide until I read that stat like it almost Dude, I didn't even, I almost didn't even share it because I was like, but then I was like, you know what? No, people need to know that like that, that, like they have to take care of it. You know what I mean? And like, if it's a homeless veteran that does it, like they can't locate family, like the state has to take care of it. And that comes out of the taxpayer's money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never even fucking thought about that either. I mean, it's, it's, it really is like a, it's a huge thought when you actually think about it. I I wouldn't have fucking thought about the cost. I just assumed, you know, we kill ourselves and nobody has to worry thing. about it. <laughs> no, but that's the weird thing, though, dude. Like, until today, like, I never really considered a suicide as a financial obligation to, like, the taxpayer. And so, like, my shock went from to $221 billion like fucking that you know what i mean like i went from it was a zero dollar amount to 221 billion in fucking two seconds reading right. that and i was like wait 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 that's there's a financial responsibility to this too yeah it's fucking and crazy, so like right? understand like that 221 billion dollars like what that could have gone into for like oh yeah communities. It's, it's so you know fun to I mean? yeah it's really fun to think about because like i don't know when we look at like trillions we sit there and we're like eh, you know that's just the government pissing money down the drain like we do and uh, 
when you hear 221 billion, I was just like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a substantial number, you know? Like, that's fucking crazy because that's just social, social health care, uh, you know? Kind of, when you sit there and look at it because. Yeah. If we could take that 221 billion and put it into healthcare for these high risk mental health issues, that would be awesome. And that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Instead of instead of using it to bury these people, like put it into like preventing this. From yeah, happening. exactly. You know, and the number I think that kind of hit me, I guess, a little bit more personally is you said one out of ten veterans will develop substance abuse, and, and I don't do meth. I don't do coke, but. I've kind of been dependent on drinking to sleep and to just piss this shit down the drain. Uh, and it wasn't just my military experience, my military existence. You know, like I definitely have traumatizing experiences from that, but it, just the mass amount of death I saw in the EMS fire side of things. Um, I was like, shit, I bet it's fucking higher than that. Because how many people actually are going to sit there and be like, I have a problem. And having right. gone to the VA... Not many. I know goddamn well, I don't sit there and go and go, I drink too much. Dude, but, but like the thing is, is 100% how many times have... Me and you have been on the phone having a conversation, and you're like, in a joking manner, because it's like, it's hard to hear, but at the same time, like, you can recognize it, but you've been like, yeah, I had my VA appointment today, and doctor says I'm an alcoholic, but that fucker doesn't know shit. Yeah. And then we laugh about it, <laughs> and then we laugh about it, and then I hear the ice clinking in your cup, and I'm like, making a drink, you're like, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I we recognize would it. would never. I don't know. I would never do that. No. no, I'm just saying, like, there's... Addiction isn't just um, a substance abuse type of thing. Uh, addiction and, like, the substance abuse is, uh, is a big part of, like, how you move from ideation to application. You know what I mean? No, like, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of this stuff that we're going to get into through this, through this whole podcast is going to kind of like bring to light a lot of things and like some of this shit will resonate with certain people because we're going to touch on shit that they're like I've, I've got that I experienced that like yeah. I feel that I understand that I'm you know what I mean and like I think that's the whole purpose is like it might not be something that we all have dealt with but it's something that we're not afraid to talk about because yeah. we do I mean like how open are you guys like when you're sitting there talking to somebody and they're like like, oh, shit, you were in the military? Like, did you do this, this, and this? And then you just like, yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my favorite you just don't care anymore. My favorite question is when they're like, did you kill somebody? And you're just like, sure. Sure. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, like, yeah, yeah I don't I know what you want to fucking You know what I mean? But like, yeah, like, I think they expect to hear a yes, so you're just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I And you do, it, you do it like, 
inside. You do it like, like sexually, like. I killed plenty of people. Stupid ass. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Maybe, fuck you know. Yeah. Weren't you a cook? Hey. I fucking gave a lot of people. They didn't ask you if it was enemy or fucking friendly. You dude. shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Damn, Sam I get down low and they fucking died. And it was fucking worth it. Every second of it. Every second of Them it. Them eggs no, may that, not have been raw, but I'm they were good. They were delicious. At least they didn't have fucking <laughs> egg pebbles in them where they fucking let them sit too long in the water. <laughs> the fucking only people you knew you could trust were the fucking Hajis when you were sitting there going, oh, yeah, they fucking gave me a four-egg omelet and that motherfucker was cooked perfect. It may be because Solid. I don't remember what the fuck good food tastes like. An omelet was supposed <laughs> yeah, to be. I don't remember what it was. I sat there, I was like, oh shit, that's fucking scrambled eggs with cheese. That's fucking incredible. Look at him go. He's yeah, fuck. This get little... Gordon Ramsay on the phone. This motherfucker's killing him. <laughs> yeah, fucking, it may be a little bit slimy, but I'm used to that. That's fucking pretty good. God damn it, I love how gooey it is. So there's, there's a lot of things that are going to, like, build up and then go hand in hand in hand as we get further into this. I just, there's so many levels and so many things that go on with with uh, mental health and mental health disorders and i mean like w- we we kind of resonate towards law enforcement and the medical community and the and the emergency medical services and the military because that's what our lives have been um but we can't leave out um child traumas from abuse and and child and and whether it's sexual abuse or physical abuse uh domestic violence like people don't understand that even something as small as a car crash that you survive can trigger post-traumatic stress and it can send you in a whirlwind of all kinds of fucked up shit and you need to be able to know that there are people out there that do want to help you and that will fucking listen and and there's no judgment. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Sometimes you need to talk about it. And a lot of people say, y'all, just fucking deal with the man up. Don't be a bitch. You know, and that's what we're trying to get yeah, away from. You know, because it is yeah, okay to talk about it. But it doesn't make you, like, that's the thing, though. It doesn't make you a bitch. Like, I think having the balls to walk into a room right. and being like, hey, I think I got a problem. That takes more guts than fucking burying that shit and hiding on it. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, like not talking about it and like bottling it up and keeping it in your fucking closet that you're being a coward at that point like you're you're a coward about it because you're in denial you're not going to accept it you're not going to fix it you're going to you're going to ignore that problem until that problem can't be ignored anymore you know what i mean yes but to have the balls to walk into a room and be like hey i think i got something going on and i need to talk to somebody honesty is the fucking hardest thing we can do that's that's fucking straight up bravery dude because you don't know how you're going to be received like like how hard was it? How hard was it to like fucking go back to whatever and be like, hey, I just got back from the fucking mental health clinic and I got a lot of appointments coming up because I am fucked up. And everybody was like, which we That's will fair. get back yeah. to here in a second because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got an appointment tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, got an asshole. Uh, no, anyways, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on with the military thing. I just wanted to fucking throw this out there before we end up sidetracked, which is going to happen. Uh, the the number twenty two a day, right? Uh, we've hit that hard. The veteran community's hit hard. 
We've got t-shirts. We've got advertisements. All the shit. That 22 a day. Challenges. Yeah, you know. Uh, it was an easy market for everyone to sit there. Because when you hear that, you sit there and you go, oh, shit. Like, that's a lot. And the numbers actually, in most cases, been a lot higher. Uh, the average number has been 20 to 33 a day and you're looking at such a fucking high number at the top at 33 a day that's fucking insane but bro it's still a high veterans. number at 20 that's, it, that's it's a, a high, high number, number 20, it, that's a high number if you look at 10 a day in the US like that's fucking crazy to me so uh, it's yeah, pretty fucking out so, of control but so here's it's, but here's, it's here's a crazy stat here's a this is a crazy stat for you though like that's just the military and that doesn't include the the fucking occupation that has the highest suicide fucking reported rate is like the medical right. field dude like what what's the percentage when you add all of that shit and then just your your everyday citizen that has a normal office job that fucking made a bad investment and jumps out of the building, dude. Like yeah, I guess I need those... I would need to see like the uh, I would. This is something I guess we should look into for the next podcast. But um, what is the number of suicides per day outside of the military, law enforcement, first responders, and, and medical, the medical field in general. Because um, we're looking at, so, probably about 7,000 suicides a year, right? Just within those fields. A year. That's out of, I don't know, like 15% of the population. What's the rest of the population's suicide numbers? And we're, we'll dive into that. I, I think it was like, I think it was like 160,000 a year. Yeah, dude, I did see, I did see that number. It's like yeah, 160,000 suicides a year, dude. So that, it, like, that's just fucking crazy because, I mean, you're sitting there looking at, like, and that's... Dude, statistics are so weird, too, because, like, you take that 160,000 oh, yeah. and then track it, track it back and, like, pin how, do, how many can you put mental health on, you know what I mean? Well, and like how many well, of those? I, how I, many of those do you attach mental health to? Well, and I guess for me personally, like I would attach every suicide to mental health because I don't think you can sit there and kill yourself or anyone else for right. that matter uh, outside, you know, very dire uh, circumstances and be like, yeah, I'm pretty fucking normal. But I mean, like I think that's why I think that's why there's. The community that we're talking about, like the medical, the law enforcement, the firefighter, the military serviceman, like I think their their rates are higher because the amount of death and destruction that they see. Yeah, no, and which is a hundred percent correct. I think uh, so. Well, and I don't even think this is just statistics and numbers and looking at shit. When you look at these careers and these jobs and the people that are at higher risk for mental health issues, the people that do have PTSD, the people that have depression, anxiety, if you look at the mass majority of them, the numbers correlate to their exposure to traumatic events, and then it also, secondly, correlates to their ability to debrief from that. So, 
the military law enforcement uh, firefighters and EMS you, when you sit there and you look at these traumatic events so when you're seeing somebody die when you're seeing somebody that is getting diagnosed with cancer and they're not dealing with it or when you're killing or you're doing whatever it is that's traumatic when you have a car accident when you are being raped when you have these events when that's happening in a very regular basis that you don't get the opportunity to actually take a step back from it debrief and just take a step away from it and heal that's why these numbers are so fucking high it's because right. no one gets a fucking chance to heal from it in these professions when we were in the military we would do our job and then when we're called upon that it's because you gotta do your fucking job like that's all you have you don't get a chance you don't get the second to sit there and just say look the country doesn't matter I matter <laughs> back the fuck off you don't get to do that and you don't get to do that with yeah, EMS, you don't get to do that with law enforcement. You don't get to do that when you have these situations thrusted upon you. You just don't have that opportunity. Your only right. choice is to respond to what's before you. And when it's constantly thrusted upon you to sit there and have to react, that's where this shit comes from. Like, uh, exactly. Just, like, know? I guess my next question, dude, would be so, like, outside of the military I know like we do you do missions and then you do your after action all that stuff and you do all that right so in the uh, medical field and the firefighters field like do they have the opportunity after a traumatic event to go and do those type of things is there like an estet, uh, like a, a set established policy that says if you're involved in a shooting it's it's this or if you're involved in a or a, a code and somebody loses their life on your table, like you mandatory have to go do all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what's protocol? Yeah, a lot absolutely of that's, was. A lot of that's departmental. Like it's part of their SOP. Like most of them, or I mean a lot of them that I know have like their own chaplains and right. stuff like that, that they can have the opportunity to speak to. Uh, I don't know about you, Derek, um, where you were but at. That's but that's the thing though. Like you're saying, you're saying like most and have the opportunity. I'm saying like, at what point do we right. look at this and say, like, that's a traumatic experience and you will fucking go talk to somebody. You will go sit down and let somebody be like, I think you need to, to have some time off. I think you need to go talk to these people and really let them let you know, like, this isn't on you. Like, this is just life. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. At, yeah. What point, at what point do we all wake up and realize that, like, a traumatic event is a traumatic event and it might have been traumatic to me, but it wasn't to you. And I might need a little extra talking to when you could have just been like, that, that sucks, but like I still got a dude over here on this table. I'm going to go work on him. And you're perfectly fine. And I right. just can't do it because like that fucked me up too much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody is different. And I think a lot of it has to come down to like a lot of people need to realize that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to send this one to TJ. I think, TJ, give your, uh, your thoughts and what your experience is and is. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of debrief and, and give you my opinion on what my experience has been with it. Yeah, I mean, just like from what I've seen anyways, and, you know, like I said, it's kind of per department and, 
you know, command directed, but that's usually in, uh, in SOP, you know, your standard operating procedures or whatever that's uh, already like pre-planned that if there is an event that is a traumatic, whether it be, you know, structure fire uh, or, you know, like, um, I don't know, shooting for the EMS guys or, you know, whatever it is that they have like levels of classification if it meets that criteria, then yeah, they have to talk to somebody right. or have to at least be asked if they're okay. And if they want to talk to somebody and then, you know, at that point it's just up to them to, uh, you know, take care of them and take the next step to, to do it. But I think another issue is, is people don't want to talk to everybody because then like other people, I think everybody has a fear of being judged, you know, just about everybody wants to be liked or be accepted wherever they're at. You know, that's kind of like whenever we were active duty, I don't know how many times I got hurt doing something like running, you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to medical because everybody's going to call me a little bitch for going to medical and I don't need that shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to tough it out and then probably injured myself even further by not getting it seen. You know, I think that's kind of, again, what we're trying to do here is let it not be such a big deal. Like people think that, you know, you're a man, you know, you don't have to fucking talk about your shit and just, just deal with it. You know, man up, don't be a bitch, you know, once again. Yeah. But, and that's just where that we're trying to negate that here. You yeah. Know? And trying to open up more discussion with people to, uh, get used to expressing themselves more with that side of things. And that's, and that's you know? what I'm getting at. Cause they say like in the past, like the numbers of, of like, PTSD and mental health wasn't as adamant as it is today. But I mean, like, if you look back and you look at like things that got labeled as shell shock or, or, or right. stuff like that, like it really, that really was PTSD. It's not, it wasn't right. shell shock. Like they weren't sh like, yes, you're shell shock, but like you, you're suffering from a traumatic event and it's messed up your psyche. And like, you have a generation of, <laughs> you're a jackass. You have a generation of, of, of Americans or, or just flat-out warriors across the globe that came home from a, a combat situation that had a mental illness now. They have this traumatic event um, or events yeah. that went on in their lives, and it's just completely fucked them up. And then you raise a generation that got told the whole time, like, don't be a bitch, rub some dirt on it, move yeah. on, move on. And then it's just generationally gotten more progressive and progressive. And just until recently, like the post 9-11, like doctors have come out and were like, no, no, mental health has been a thing for a long time. It's just that we didn't study it as that. We studied it as being shell-shocked, like something over there shocked your brain and it's made it not function right. right. And the only thing we know how to fix that is to chemically try and chemically balance it and they feed you all these pills Which has failed and you turn into a zombie and it's not it's not the way to fix it like we fix it by letting people know that like yeah it's there and it sucked but like you're more than that and you'll always be more than that and you can you can get through it you know what i mean yeah it's actually it's funny hard. to sit there and hear you like touch on the shell shock thing i mean it goes way further back than that and when you actually start looking at ptsd and how it was labeled we can label that back just even in U.S. history since the Civil War. Basically, as long as there's been war, we've had a name for it in some shape, way, or form. And it was 
I did a research paper on this uh, when I was getting my paramedic, and I thought it was just absolutely crazy to sit there and look at how far back it went. And because it, it, it even goes, I think the earliest record of it that I read, and this is just my terrible memory, uh, was the 1400s. So that's mm-hmm. well before America and well before or well after war had started. Uh, but they had a name for it, you know, where they was like, oh, yeah, I was, uh, you know. They didn't say shell shock. But that's what you're saying, dude. Yeah. Like, you're talking about, you're talking about, like, the 1400s, they actually named it. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, like, they had, they had you go back, everything. you go back and, but go back and read about, like, the Spartans that would go to war all the time, and then they would kill their, they would kill the cowards. That's what they would call it. They would, yeah, anybody that was afraid it. to fight, anybody that was afraid to fight, anybody that, that stopped fighting, or anybody that showed any type of weakness was removed from the lines and they were killed and sent home as as a coward and a traitor. Yeah, like, and that wasn't even PTSD. That was just like your mental health. That was just like that was the way things were. Right, know? and that's they, what I'm saying. Like crazy. they were they were bred they were bred to believe that dying on the battlefield was the most honorable thing. But yet there was a traumatic event that triggered that, and they're like, maybe that's not the most coolest thing in the world. You know what I mean? I mean, I still think that's probably the most noble thing you can do. I mean. I'm not saying it's not the noblest thing. I'm not saying it's not a noble thing. I'm saying that it might not be the coolest thing to like. Yeah, I might be the reason. Look that forward exist. to. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying, like, you go back to anything, like, anything that has like a traumatic thing to it. Like, if if I'm gonna slap the piss out of you when I see you next time, dude. <laughs> you go back to any any type of event. And it doesn't even have to be war, dude. It could be like go back to something like say that some people actually survived Mount Vesuvius at Pompeii right you imagine how fucked up that person would be like running from all that fucking destruction and ash and fire and like there's no fucking way you're gonna live through that and be like yeah Yeah, that was fucking crazy wasn't it let's go out and fucking get a beer yeah Yeah, well that might be that's where Marines come in you know where it's like hey you know I live hey you guys wanna get fucked up (laughs) and I'm not saying that it didn't I'm not saying that it wouldn't have happened I'm saying like the the response that they would have would be a lot different like long term like immediately after it could be like holy fuck we survived let's get a beer like let's fucking calm our nerves but in like four months from then or three weeks from then like you're gonna be like why did I fucking make it out of that why did everybody else die but I survivor's guilt yeah you know, you got the survivors, and you get these mental illnesses that fucking start to plague you, and then they start to compound and build and build and build, and you go, and like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this shit's been a forever thing. It's not something that's yeah, it's just always been happening. There. It's not something that's just happening, and people need to to realize that it's it's old. It's an it's a it's an old thing, and it's something that people wanted to bring to the forefront because you didn't want to be a coward. You didn't want to be labeled a coward. Um, they didn't want you to be part of society because you were you were you weren't right in the head. You know, yeah, we watching can't those sit old there movies. And, we can't sit there and make it a taboo because you have emotions. Like that's not fair to everybody. Yeah. And, and you're allowed that, to have them. Yeah, like the fact that there's been this idea that no men aren't allowed to cry, men aren't allowed to have any feelings. 
it's just a bullshit idea, you know, or that women can't fucking be upset about the shit that they're upset about, or, you know, whatever, you know, them they's can't be upset about what they're upset about. I don't really know how I mean, to approach that too. one because I don't have any experience really in it, but, you know, it's just like, we're all human beings and we all have, you know, an experience and trauma is trauma. So how do we bridge the gap? Acceptance, dude. Like, you bridge it through acceptance. Like, the, the basic human need is to be accepted and loved, bro. Exactly. Like, that's fucking a basic, like, you could have all the money in the world. You can have every possession you ever wanted. You can have a big fancy house. You can have all these fancy cars. But if you don't have somebody that, or or people that love you, and and you don't have that acceptance in your group, you're not gonna be happy. You're not. I agree. That's, no, I it's that simple. You you get you get um, satisfaction and you get pleasure simplest things when it's with people that you love and care about and that have accepted you into into their lives you know what i mean like yeah and that's what this is like i want people to understand that like characteristically speaking like if you're a good person and you have a good heart like you're always welcome at my table like always agreed uh, and and i don't care what you've been through i don't care what you're going through i'll, I'll I'll fucking be there for you if you have a hiccup, and I will, I will jump down in that hole, and I'll start helping you dig footsteps to get out of that hole, and be right there with you. Yeah, you know what I mean. I will notoriously slap you in the dick until you get out of said hole. That's fact. I've been down that hole. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of feeling judged, uh, I, I've. Uh, Really, I'm eight today, and I feel like I'm being judged for eating right now. I wasn't judging you. <laughs> I was more or less like I couldn't take my eyes off the fucking half of a fucking hamburger hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> this one may have to be an audio. You file. fucking Neanderthal, dude! Jesus, <laughs> get your shit together. I can't help it. And take manageable fucking <laughs> bites. Well, I'm fucking hungry, man. I gotta just take the whole bite. Be reasonable. Be fucking reasonable. It's an old adage, dude. Don't bite off more than you can chew, asshole. It's it's not just for fucking but life. I can it's chew for your it. food, too. I'm still chewing. Not fucking very well, dude. Like, half of it's hanging out of your cheek, you dick face. Ah, my cheek. It's in my mouth. I got big cheeks. Can't confirm. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> he is a cheeky yeah, fella. I've been told I'm cheeky. <laughs> That's why I Still have so many times. I think you were there for that one, TJ. When I got when I got called a uh, pretentious. pretentiously stoic corporal. Weren't you out there when you told me that? Mm. We're not gonna say any names. Yeah, I seem to remember. I seem to remember you losing a certain slap bet, <laughs> also. But that—that's for. Another I paid time. up. Did you though? Yeah, we'll talk. Did we'll talk know? about that later. You even got your picture where I was what? doing the the in the Oklahoma shirt with the horns down, bro. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, good old Oklahoma and Texas. Nebraska used to be a part of that, but well, guys, no longer. Texas, no longer. What do we? Uh, how do you guys want to end this? I want to end this with my dick on your face. Any, any, any last words? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I got distracted. I got distracted. Sorry. Sorry, uh, friends and family, and be a part of each other's lives. And, and I hope we can correlate to everyone what it means just to have that family to be there. And as we move forward with the podcast and with everything that we're trying to do here, what I want everyone to know is that as we go forward, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear how you deal with things. I want to hear your funniest memories from whatever it is in life. Uh, we're going to hopefully give the opportunity to share that with everyone and just have a laugh and love each other and, and let everyone know that, yeah, that's hilarious, you know, like, or that's a good time. Like, trauma isn't always bad. And sometimes it's, you know, it's pretty funny. You know, I can look back and we'll get on onto this in the future, but I've, I've had a lot of bad times that ended up being pretty funny uh, with Gabe and TJ.